0: An entitled coworker is treating my friend like garbage, constantly ostracizing her and making her life a living nightmare. So I decide to get some revenge and expose her for sleeping around with management at her company. And as a result, her future wedding falls apart and she loses tens of thousands of dollars in the process. Here's what happened. Years ago, one of my best friends by the name of Kate, Kate is not her real name, was working for a business-to-business tech corporation on the West Coast. Kate had a coworker in the same department as her named... Angela Angela is also not her real name. Now, there are too many things for me to list that Angela did wrong, but here's just a few notable examples. For starters, Angela would show up without fail about 15 minutes late every shift. She had also been passed around between three departments due to not being a good fit in the other ones. She would spend her entire shift on social media on her phone and would regularly give people incorrect information on the phone. She was even seen painting her toenails at one point at work. One of Angela's duties was to reply to an email inbox from contractors looking to renew warranties on their products. One time, the inbox was full of 670 unread emails, and all of those were potential paying customers. She would also flirt with every single man who worked for the company, despite the fact that she had a boyfriend. Now, she was not very attractive, and many of these men would just straight-up complain to HR. This also led to her making out with employees in the parking lot, and there has been multiple Occasions of that, She would skip out on doing her work all week, causing her to need to stay behind and do some more work just so she could collect overtime. But then she would just continue to skip out on doing her work. Kate finally ratted her out on some of the sketchy things she was doing at work, if you know what I mean, which led to a very meeting between Angela and the HR director with her supervisor by the name of Kim and the department VP. Now, Angela was not fired, but she was pressured to resign, but she declined to do so. It should be no noted that this company is notorious among its employees for not firing people that they absolutely should. Their direct supervisor, Kim, was on to Angela's game, though, and would watch her more closely over the months. But Angela vowed to have revenge and spent several weeks trying to figure out who it was. Angela was a large, tall woman who was physically intimidating and somehow intimidated one of their co-workers into revealing that Kate was the snitch. So that's when Angela decided to spend the next week making Kate's life a living nightmare. She was verbally bothering her and being overall nasty whenever she saw Kate, gossiping behind her back, etc. It reached a breaking point when Angela shoved Kate while passing her in the hallway one day. HR was notified and once again, Angela somehow made it off scot-free. Now, knowing that Angela was somehow invincible to HR, many of Kate's co-workers began ostracizing Kate, fearing that Angela would target them as well. Nobody would corroborate Kate's reports of Angela's star- Rumors or even bothering her, Kate quickly went from loving her job to absolutely hating it, while also becoming very depressed during this time. And it was right about then that I vowed to get some revenge. Angela had won pretty handily, knowing that Kim had no teeth because HR wouldn't touch her. So Angela went back to not doing any of her work. She even got engaged and bragged to everyone at the office about how extravagant her destination wedding plans were. Kate's only positive working relationship at this point were with with her supervisor Kim and a few of her co-workers who would still speak with her when Angela wasn't around. About a month later, Kate unexpectedly received a text from one of her co-workers that still talked to her. It was a screenshot of a text message conversation with a department VP. The VP had revealed that he had been sleeping with Angela and this message had made its way around the gossip mill back to Kate. So Angela's invincibility towards HR suddenly made a lot more sense. I knew I was going to expose her to her fiancé. But I decided to wait on it Angela would continually update the entire office On what she had done for her wedding plans the previous day Which was then relayed to me through Kate So I waited until she had to spend as much money as possible And during this time I even acquired more evidence of her infidelity The day of reckoning comes about two weeks before the big day And on Friday after work I make a throwaway Facebook account To send off all the proof I have of her cheating on her fiance He doesn't reply But I can can see that it was seen at 6 o'clock p.m. The wedding plans were canceled on Facebook that Sunday, and I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in their household that evening. Fast forward to Monday, and Angela rolls in about 15 minutes late and immediately demands to speak to HR. A four-way meeting takes place between Angela, Kim, the HR director, and the department VP. You know, the one that she's been sleeping with. Ten minutes go by, and Kim and the HR director both leave. Five minutes later, and Angela leaves the office followed shortly by the department VP, and they both return to their own workspaces. Angela begins working, and 15 minutes later, the department VP arrives with Kim and security. They tell Angela to pack her things and turn in her badge, and Angela is escorted out of the building. Angela protested to the VP, and the entire way out, he only says two words, you're replaceable. Now, it was later found out that Angela had racked up tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt just to pay For her wedding. And now that her engagement was off, she tried to use her affair with the department VP to blackmail her way into a pay raise. She had told them that she had received offers from other companies that would pay her much more, which was a complete lie, too, by the way. And that she would leave if they didn't give her a significant raise, which was a complete bluff. When Kim and the HR director left the room, the department VP told Angela that if they got in writing that she would leave without a raise, he could then convince them to give her the raise. He also also reassured her that she would take it back during her two weeks notice and maintain her position. So Angela took the bait and the department VP immediately took this formal in writing notice of resignation to HR and Kim. Rather than having her complete her two weeks notice, they decided that it wouldn't be necessary so she could leave that very day. Now from cheating on her fiancé to sleeping with her boss's boss, all the way up to overplaying her hand and attempting to get a raise while being the worst employee in the department, as well as signing a resignation letter, all of this was Angela's own doing. And while I get the feeling like her house of cards would have fallen on its own eventually, it honestly feels good being the one to help push it down. Wow, that Angela lady sounds like a piece of work. Like seriously, you have to be really twisted to treat people that way. Not only is she a giant bully at work, but she was literally just sleeping around to try and be invincible in the department she was in. Like that's not okay. That is so corrupt. I mean, what an awful and corrupt HR system, as well as leadership in this company. Like, that is seriously not okay. So good for the original poster for not only standing up for their friend, but also dismantling this corrupt lady's life. She absolutely had it coming with the way she was treating people around her. And the original poster is absolutely right. Their house of cards was gonna fall sooner or later. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Also, go to amithejerk.com slash submit if you would like to submit your own stories. Am I the jerk for refusing to switch seats with a child on an 8-hour flight, even though I booked this seat specifically, and this was my second 8-hour flight just to make my way home? Here's what happened. So for starters and a bit of context, this was my second 8-hour flight on my way home from Africa via Dubai. I had booked an aisle seat so I could get up without bothering others and a special meal due to health requirements. I boarded the plane, found my seat, and settled in. A family gets on with three kids. They don't speak much English, but they ask me if I could switch seats with one of their kids so they can all be together. The father of the family wasn't sat anywhere near the mother and the kids, so it looked to me like they left their seats to random assignment. I initially said yes, thinking it was just to move across the aisle, but then realized they wanted me to switch to sit in a middle seat, and that's when I said straight up, absolutely not. Another passenger then gets up and says he has a seat in the back that I can move to. Now, I have no idea how he has something like that but I still said no. I said that I had booked my seat and I ordered a dietary meal and there's no way I was moving to a middle seat. He then starts loudly criticizing me and saying he hopes I understand that I'm splitting a family up. This eventually attracts attention from the crew because it's literally holding up boarding. They got a passenger on the other end of the road to switch and sit somewhere else so their kids could sit together. The other passenger from before then starts loudly saying to his kids and the family. Do you understand what happened? She thought her seat was too special so she wouldn't let you sit together. I told the guy to mind his own business and he responded that he wasn't talking to me. I was exhausted and sleep deprived by this point and I told him to just stop talking about me and just can it. I didn't think I was in the wrong here. I organized myself beforehand and I booked my seat and I felt it was quite unfair to have some random guy criticizing me to literally half the cabin for not wanting to swap to a middle seat for an 8- hour flight. So honestly, I need to know. Am I the jerk for refusing to switch seats with a kid on an 8 hour flight? No, you are not the jerk. You planned ahead, you wanted an aisle seat, and you have a very specific meal you have to eat. That is not you being selfish, that's you being responsible. The selfish thing is that this family didn't want to have assigned seats, but instead left it to chance. It could have been anybody sitting next to them, and they still would have tried to guilt trip them in the same way they tried to guilt trip you, and that's not fair for anybody. That seriously is so messed up. So if I was in your shoes, I would have done the exact same thing. I would have sat there, folded my arms and said, nope, you better find your seat because you're not taking mine for a second. Mind you, this is also your second eight hour flight just to try and go home. There's no reason for you to give up something that you properly planned for. That's not you being selfish or heartless. And this father's lack of preparation is quite literally not your problem. Am I the jerk for telling an American guy that he should stop calling himself German if never live there and can barely speak the language. Here's what happened. So to start things out, I'm German and I was traveling last weekend through Spain. I stayed at a hostel at a mixed room and some of my roommates were American. At night, we were all mingling and talking about each other. And one of the American guys, upon hearing that I was German, told me, oh, wow, a fellow German. At this point, I wasn't actually sure if he was an American. So I asked in German if he was German. He mumbled a bit and said, I'm sorry, I'm German, but I actually, I actually don't speak the language, only a few sentences, but he kept bringing up about how being German shaped his life, how important German culture was, and how he apparently celebrates Oktoberfest every single year. I asked him why he would say he was German if he was actually American, and he said that it was because his great-grandfather was German and his grandmother was German-Irish, so I thought to myself, okay, whatever that means. I asked him if he knew where his great-grandfather was from, and surprisingly, he did. He was from Hamburg, Germany, but This was extra hilarious because then it makes no sense for the guy to celebrate Oktoberfest as that's a Bavarian thing to do. I still didn't say anything and we just kept talking. The guy kept making all these weird remarks about German culture and German food like hot dogs and sauerkraut. Me and my friends were then planning to go look for a place to drink and he asked to come along with us just so the Germans could stick together. We had a few beers at the bar and he once again brought up something about being German and saying he was going to get the German flag Flag tattooed in Germany. And by this point, I was already a bit tipsy while also getting pretty annoyed. And I told him straight up, Can you please stop saying that? You're not German, my friend. You're an American of German descent. You don't even know what German culture or food is like. You can't even speak the language. You're honestly just really annoying me. The guy looked pretty angry and annoyed and kind of scoffed and tried to jokingly say, You're right. I'd rather be an American. At least then I can say I didn't lose a world war. At that point, me and my friends were rolling our eyes so hard that we just moved to a different place. Later, some other guy not related to us told me that the guy was pretty annoyed and sad that I told him he wasn't German because apparently that was a big part of his identity. So am I the jerk in this situation? What should I do? I wanted to tell you about a new podcast I thought you would like called The Reslayer's Take. It's a brand new all-ages actual play from Critical Role that follows a new group of adventurers within Exandria. After six misfit mercenaries are rejected from the elite monster hunting group The Slayers Take, they band together and battle supernatural creatures across the rugged continent of Asylra. It has fresh adventures for a longtime critter or is a perfect first dip into the world of Critical Role. Check out the first episode if you like what you hear and make sure you follow The Re-Slayers Take wherever you get your podcasts. You are not the jerk in this situation. As a fellow American, this guy was being obnoxious and you are 100% right. You can't call yourself a member of a different society if you not only don't speak their language but also never live there and you don't know their culture. Just because you have ancestors who came from that area doesn't mean you can claim citizenship or any other kind of connection to that besides blood relatives. And it really sucks that this was such a huge part of his identity. And sure, he can be proud of his heritage and all that other stuff. He can have some kind of connection to it and really enjoy the culture and all that stuff. But he really can't go around and be like, yeah, I'm a German. This is like who I am because brother, you are from America. You are the least German person walking around right now. So in my opinion, I don't think you're the jerk. I don't think you did anything wrong and you had every right to put this guy in his place. My entitled company tries to take away my time off by trying to pull a fast one on me and basically trick me out of it. So I decided to maliciously comply, putting them in a nasty spot and nearly quitting in the process. Here's what happened. So for a bit of background, I work as the sole IT guy in a firm of about 75 people that is part of a larger nationwide mother firm. Our local firm has an ongoing agreement with another local firm that we play backup for each other in case we need to help one another with backup or knowledge sharing or whatever. This has been the case since 2009, and I've worked for this firm since 2002, so I'm kind of an old hand at the game. We have this generous leave package that builds the longer we work here. The starter was 180 hours per year leave, and someone with 20 plus years has 240 hours, and that's the one that I have. Now, because we have this much leave, I'm of the mind to not be all that strict with the when and the how. I'm single and have no kids, so I'm happy to let others with the kids take priority to handle school holidays. As such, the last 15-something years, I have always taken the bulk of my leave in September and October, and the rest in Fridays all the way coming up to the new year. The only rules we have regarding when and how we take leave is that it can't be any more than six weeks together. You can't transfer more than seven days to the next Year, and your time off must be approved, which it always is. As per usual, I put in my time off request for September and October, somewhere in May of that year. And as I was expecting, this gets approved. Around August, we get news from our hardware vendor that they will be installing our new server cluster in the end of September. Now, that's not really a cool thing to do, but hey, what are you going to do? I talk it over with a big boss and agree to move my leave to February and March of the next year. And honestly, I don't mind that much. He is happy. I'm happy and we just go ahead with the plan. Now, since I'm a one-man department and corporations are gonna be corporations, I have a department head that oversees my department along with a few others. Somewhere in the end of September, she walks into my office and asks me when I'm planning to take the bulk of my leave. I tell him about the server cluster install and that my leave has been moved to February and March. Now, you might be asking, if you're gonna be the department head or part of management, you have to at least be reasonable, right? Well, you're definitely wrong in this case. He tells me that since I won't be taking my leave in this year, it will then be automatically forfeit. I then tell him I have an agreement with the big boss, to which he states that he talked about it with the big boss and that the arrangement won't work since he didn't approve it. So then, I get on the phone and I call the boss and he states that yes, indeed my leave will not be approved and it can't be moved to next year. And at this point, I was angry. Like, I was so furious, I was fuming. So I took a half day and went home and and mull things over. Now, with age comes wisdom, and I know not to take decisions when I am angry. The next day, I go in and ask a leave statement from our HR department that has a counter of all of our leave, and more importantly, all of our overtime. I had around 700 hours of overtime standing, and that was accrued over the years, and 220 hours of leave. So I put in five weeks leave, and then one week of overtime, and I repeated this over and over again, all the way until I landed on the first week of January. Then I put in the remaining overtime and landed in the end of February. And next to that, I sent in my resignation as well as my three months notice, which I planned exactly on the last day of my leave. Not even a half an hour later, my big boss and the department head are at my desk asking me what's happening. So I told them that since the department head had told me that I couldn't transfer the leave, I would then just be taking it this year. And since the agreement to move my leave was broken, I felt I didn't have another choice but to look for other their work where agreements, in fact, would be honored. I then asked them what rule of the worker's manual regarding leave I had broken, if any, and if I did break a rule, could you please point it out? But they literally came up with nothing. Now, after that talk, I went home and the waiting game began. The big boss called me the next morning on my work cell phone, asking me to come in. I said to him, sorry, nope, I'm on leave, but I'm happy to make a pot of coffee if you want to drop by. So he does just that and drops by my place. Things eventually get brought Up And it seems like his department head wasn't entirely upfront with him, even though he wasn't entirely innocent either. And he wants to make things right. My six months leave stayed in place and he offered to match the offers I would get from other firms just to keep me on board within reason. So fast forward. And while I do still work at the same firm, I have since received a 15% increase in my wage. I don't do overtime anymore. And my laptop doesn't come home with me either. And my work phone has to stay at work as well. I still do my job. To the best of my abilities But at the end of the day If my hours are done I go home And even if the building was on fire My clock out time would mean That I'm out the door And now as a result My leave gets planned around My preferences as well So I no longer have to shift around To meet other people's needs Wow talk about playing The biggest Uno reverse card This guy had so much overtime And pay time off Stored up over the years He literally was about to take Six months off of work Just to spite these people For not letting him take his time Time off, Like seriously, these people are messed up. They didn't recognize his absolute seniority in this company and they really should have been more respectful. And honestly, if I was in your shoes, I would have done the exact same thing. So good for you for taking the initiative. These people were being weird. And in my opinion, they had no right to try and ruin your time off in the way that they tried to do. My boyfriend says that he will leave me if I go back to therapy. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. So the title says it all. My boyfriend and I have been together for three months in different places he's shown immaturity but I've mostly looked past it and kept telling myself that nobody's perfect but yesterday I walk into my bedroom and he puts his phone to his face and says she's coming I gotta call you back now clearly he wasn't on the phone and he was playing a joke about talking to another woman but in my opinion it was extremely immature and I told him that this could be considered emotionally neglectful he goes on that he's a jokester and that in every other relationship he's played jokes and it was normal I tell him that a million other women would be okay with the jokes. But that doesn't mean that I have to be. He tells me fine, he'll be serious from now on and not make any more jokes. I respond by telling him I'm going back to therapy. His response to that was to say that the day you go back to therapy, let me know because our relationship will be over. I asked him what's the problem with therapy and if he's worried the therapist will help me realize how unhealthy things are about my relationship. He says that people who go to therapy come out worse and that a stranger shouldn't be giving their opinion on your life or telling you what to do. Now, I know that given the context, me saying that I'm going to therapy might sound like some kind of ultimatum or some kind of threat even, but honestly, I feel like I'm struggling with compromising or even just ignoring red flags, and the lines have become so blurred, I need someone to help me sort things out. Should such an ultimatum be a deal-breaker? What should I do? Your boyfriend is awful. First and foremost, there is nothing wrong with going to therapy. That is a normal way to treat your mental health and that does not make you a bad person. What he's afraid of is that yeah, you're going to realize how awful of a boyfriend he actually is and your eyes are going to be opened up by your therapist that your boyfriend might not be the best person for you. So it really sounds like he doesn't want you to figure that out. By the way this guy is 34 years old and he's acting like he's talking to another woman on the phone. He's doing that just to get under your skin and that is so inappropriate. If he was a good partner, he would be very involved in this process and he would be supportive of you going to therapy. So Good for you for making that step, and I honestly feel like you can do a lot better than the boyfriend you currently have. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, check out the playlist at the top of the description. And if you want some vibey music to put on in the background, check out Easy Mode. If you like Am I the Jerk, check out Am I the Genius. Everything will be linked in the description.